Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, uh, exciting guest, Matt McLean, who is founder and CEO of Uncle Matt's Organic. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gary. Pleasure to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to tell our story and, and talk to you. So let's get into the story. Tell us, you know, tell us your origin story. It's, uh, you started this company, I believe, in 1999. Tell us about all that and how, a little bit how it's evolved over the years. Yeah, it's uh, hard to believe 24 years ago, June of 1999, a little over 24 years ago, started Uncle Matt's Organic, started with one little skew, pulp-free orange juice. Um, I graduated college in 93 from the University of Florida. I went there to get out of the citrus business. Quite honestly, I'd grown up working in the citrus business, the hot groves in the summer. Uh, my dad and grandfather, uh, they had a lot of different groves around the area, so I would help out doing all kinds of different things. But it really taught me great lessons. Uh, when I went to college, I said, you know, I want to be on the business side of it, not necessarily in the ag side. So I got a degree in finance with a minor in economics. Uh, and before I knew it, I wound up right back in the citrus industry, but this time I was selling uh, juice and concentrates to Europe and the Middle East. I had one uh, German uh, grower. He owned some groves that my dad consulted on in Florida, and he wanted some help on how to get his uh, fruit over to Europe. And so I said, well, that sounds interesting. I would, I'll start an import-export company and try to help you do it. And before I knew it, we were selling juice to uh, a lot of the different bottlers in Germany. Uh, he knew, uh, he had friends up and down Germany that had um, juice bottling plants. And so I went around the state and I had 35 different plants that I would talk to. And we would buy juice. We'd put it on a, a boat and send it to, to Flushing over in Holland. And then it would go to the, the German bottlers. And we had a great business for about five years and really built it up. and. Before I knew it, I had one customer in southern Bavaria, um, a little town called Freinsheim, that asked for biologic grapefruit juice. He wanted organic grapefruit juice. And I didn't know what organic was at the time. I said, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I'll go back to the States and in Florida and I'll try and find it for you. And I looked for different growers and I fi eventually found some organic grapefruit juice or grapefruit and we processed it into juice and we shipped it to him. But it also had my aha moment of looking at the market and there was no organic Tropicana or Simply or, or any other brand out there. And so it made me think, hey, can we do this? Uh, perhaps I could start a brand. Uh, I had a passion for, for citrus and the industry. I went to my father and grandfather and asked them, can we even grow it organically? And that was when my grandfather was, he pretty much was offended. Uh, he chuckled, he's <laughs> like, well, you know, of course we can grow it organic. You know, I've, I've been alive long enough to tell you uh, before pesticides were invented that we grew it organic, they just didn't call it that. And so that gave me the confidence, like, all right, if we can grow it, then I believe um, I can get out there and sell it, or at least I, I would like the chance to go out there and try and sell it because our, our family had never had a brand. We'd always just been growers. And so that really excited me. It excited our family. Um, my grandfather said, hey, I, I believe organic actually is a really uh, a better method to grow. I think it's something that we should go back to as an industry. And we have focused a lot on pesticides and single factor analysis on if you have a pest, find a pesticide. If you have a you know disease, go find some kind of fungicide. And so it made a lot of sense to them and uh, it made a lot of sense to me that, hey, why don't we try and do it a little different and do it the way mother nature intended. And so I launched 
Uncle Matt's and Juna 99 with that one little pulp-free orange juice skew. The funny story about that is the, the gentleman, it took me a couple years before I really understood how to do the CPG world and how to do a product. Um, I had, was really good at bulk orange juice and bulk grapefruit juice and uh, the quality and flavor of it and going to Europe, but I had no idea about you know how to put it into Publix and those places. And so that was a lot of fun as an entrepreneur, putting all those pieces of the puzzle together. And when I did find the right co-packer, uh, to process it. He was a friend of the family who ran the plant and he just smiled when I walked in and laughed He's like you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, You're gonna lose all your money and you should not be doing this. Do your parents know? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my beginning It's amazing that you went back across all those generations and your grandfather remembered how to do it Yep. And he passed, he passed that down to you. Now, when you work uh, today uh, and you're dealing, obviously, with all organic, how, did, you know, how does that work, your partnership with farmers? How does it work with things like citrus greening disease? Uh, how, how do you manage all is it? Is it tough? Is it difficult? So that is one long story. You won't have enough time on your podcast, but I will, I'll give you the synopsis. Uh, organic farming is definitely uh, difficult. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, you will make a lot of mistakes quick and you can't just take a conventional system and substitute organic products and, and hope for the best, especially in Florida. Florida is a subtropical climate, uh, so while we have a great climate for producing high quality fruit and yielding and good results in production, it also grows a lot of disease and pests because of that climate and the weather. So organic uh, becomes more challenging and more difficult to handle disease and pest pressure uh, without synthetic pesticides. So, you know, we in our peak up until 2015, we had 1,500 acres that we farmed ourselves. So my dad and my brother, they're the agronomist in the family. I'm more the business guy that had the vision. Um, so it was the perfect match, dad and, and Ben. Uh, they would go out, we would meet with growers, we would transition them to organic. It took three years from the mm -hmm. date of the last prohibited substance. So there was a lot of planning, a lot of uh, work to, to transition it to organic. Uh, a lot of paperwork, um, and then just the, the care and, and nurturing it took to go from conventional to organic. But uh, it was great. We, we probably had almost 40 different growers, and not just citrus, we converted blueberry growers. Uh, we converted some blackberry growers, some avocado growers in Florida. Uh, but then citrus greening showed up. And in 2015, our industry started to rapidly become infected. Uh, we had some hurricanes that blew through and, and blew the, uh, the little vector, the Asian citrus psyllid, the little like mosquito that spreads the analogy, mosquito spreading malaria. The Asian citrus psyllid is the insect that spreads the citrus greening disease and it, it bites the leaf and feeds on the leaf and that bacteria transmits from its gut into the tree. The bacteria is not uh, life-threatening for anything. It's not a food safety issue for, for us as humans, but it's definitely deadly. It winds up being deadly to the tree. Mm. So it has changed our philosophy because Florida now, what we have left in Florida, uh, the grows we have left um, are solely for research and development to try and find a cure for greening organically. Our industry has been cut uh, at least into half since 2015 mm. in acreage and even way more so in crop size. 
Um, so we're seeing the demise of an industry right in front of our eyes. Uh, something that you know has taken four or five generations to build is now within one generation of becoming extinct, literally because of the damage the screening diseases cause. So we, we have about 100 acres left that my brother and father do different trials on uh, every day to try uh, and get the right cure. We have since moved our supply source uh, in addition to Florida, which used to be our only source because of uh, where we're at and who we are. Uh, we now source from uh, southern Texas, the east coast of Mexico, and California uh, are our three primary citrus producing areas uh, for Uncle Matt's. Mm. And so, you know, what's the prognosis with citrus greening? Is uh, you guys think you're going to come up with a solution to it, or are you still working through it? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, several solutions that we think are good. I mean, there's long-term finding new rootstocks and replanting, right? New rootstocks mm -hmm. and scions that are either resistant or tolerant of it. Um, and some mm -hmm. of those are showing promise, but that takes a lot of time. You know, you probably need at least five to seven years before that would play out and you'll have a productive crop. Uh, it takes a lot of money and investment from that standpoint. Um, so that's that's in the works. Um, the industry's poured a lot of money into new rootstocks and breeding, classical breeding, um, and also some genetic. Um, organic would only be using the classical breeding solutions. Uh, but then also just are there um, other things that you can use? It's really about trying to stop the spread through the vector and then also clean out that bacteria in the main artery of the tree, which is also known as the phloem. Uh, and so can you, uh, currently they're doing trunk injections, so kind of like an IV into a human, uh, they're doing an IV into the tree. Um, the conventional growers are putting in oxytetracycline, I think that's the right uh, antibiotic uh, that they're putting into the tree that's helping um, with some of the uh, resistance to the bacteria or killing off the bacteria. Uh, organic does not use antibiotics, so we're looking for other solutions that we're working on for trunk injections, more like botanical oils and organic peptides and things like that. Uh, but we don't have a silver bullet. Nobody in the industry has a silver bullet yet. We continue to hope and pray for that mm. solution. Um, and there's been a lot of money and a lot of smart people that have thrown uh, things at it and we, we're still waiting for that breakthrough. Yeah, well, good luck. Uh, hope it, thank you. Hope it comes to the whole industry. Yeah, thank um, you. Because your your work, you know, with organic, it's really important. So so uh, we're we're rooting for you. No pun intended. Yeah, thank um, you. So you said, Matt, that you know your family had the history in growing. You had the experience in bulk processing, mm -hmm. uh, but you hinted that you know it was a whole different challenge figuring out the consumer packaged goods industry. So tell our listeners about uh, the journey you had to become successful in CPG? Yeah, I mean, next to farming, it is the most exciting and challenging thing you can do. Uh, you know, farming, you can't control mother nature, so every season is different, uh, which makes it challenging and fun. And then CPG, you can't control consumers. Uh, and you can't, you definitely can't control buyers that are the gatekeepers to those consumers to try and get on shelf. Uh, so you have to you know, really um, put together, a, you have to first start with a great product, right? The quality of your product, we're fanatical about it at Uncle Matt's. We have a saying uh, that we want to be consistently great with every glass uh, of juice that you pour. 
So, you know, what does that look like? You first got to start with very passionate employees uh, that are all on mission with us, and we have that same, you know, desire to be consistently great every day. You got to work closely with your growers uh, on their growing methods, their growing varieties, and in the certain growing regions now. Uh, it's more challenging because we have California, Texas, and the east coast of Mexico. They all have different climates. Um, they have some different varieties, so to make sure we're consistently great tasting, moving from our Florida profile, which is, was a little different, uh, that was challenging in the beginning. So it is, you know, a, a constant uh, challenge every season to manage from those different regions to make sure it tastes consistently great. Um, and you can't control weather, so that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, for CPG. It's really, you got to have a great product to start with. If you have that, you can go in um, and you can get on the shelf. You may not get on the shelf overnight. Uh, you got to then have good promotional strategy. As much as everybody thinks that, hey, my product is the best and it'll just fly off the shelf and it'll sell itself, uh, the, the retailer's not going to agree with that. You're going to have to have a good promotional strategy. You know, do you promote every six weeks, every eight weeks, every 12 weeks? How deep do you go? Do you go 50 cents off? Do you go a dollar, two dollars? Those are all part of the, you know, kind of best practices and strategy that you'll come up with. So you get people to try it, you get people to repurchase uh, and, and buy it again. And then what you really want them to do uh, is tell a friend. You know, the best way for somebody to buy your product is through a referral from a friend, uh, not an advertisement and somebody pushing it on you. And that starts back to the number one thing of quality and just being consistently great with everything we do. But it's a journey. Uh, it's a very fun journey. Um, it can be stressful because uh, there's a lot of things you can't control. You know, but you, if you just keep showing up with a really good product and um, you stay true to your mission, I think that you'll, you'll have a path to success. Mm. So in CPG, beverage sector always crowded. Um, what how do you differentiate in this crowded sector? You mentioned a little bit when you started out, you know, the big brands did not really have organic. Is it as simple as that, or are there other strategies to differentiate? So in the very beginning, that was my first strategy. Uh, and it took me too long. It took me a couple years to get uh, to figure out CPG from the time I had my encounter in Germany uh, to the time I actually launched Uncle Bats. <clears throat> and so I had a couple competitors right in front of me that were already organic. I had Pavich, who was very well known in grapes, organic grapes. So they were, you know, had a good um, produce presence and a brand. And then I had Horizon, you know, the largest organic dairy mm. at the time. Um, they launched uh, an organic juice. So I was the third Me Too product, and you really never want to be a Me Too. Um, mm. I can tell you that right now. Uh, the fact that I was young and dumb was actually an advantage for me because I didn't know any better and I was hard-headed and by God I was going to persevere um, and I was going to make this thing work because I just loved what I did and it made sense from, from a, a family perspective for me and for my granddad and father and I didn't have a wife or kids at the time so I was fairly expendable uh, in, uh, at failure and, and not being successful there so it was worth it for me to put my head down and keep going. And I believed I had a better product, and I did. I, I was uh, more knowledgeable just on fruit quality, what I had done through the generations for their family. Uh, I was closer to the grower. Both Pavich and Horizon weren't in Florida, so they didn't know agriculture, and they definitely know, didn't know citrus uh, growing. They knew agriculture in California, and they knew dairy farming, but they didn't know Florida citrus. And so 
I was able to really um, differentiate ourselves on quality and consistency on quality. And eventually they um, both got out of the business because of that. They didn't have ah. enough supply. They didn't have enough quality supply. Uh, and what I did was started to turn growers organic and make them part of Uncle Matt's. And so we, we signed up long-term marketing agreements with them. We went in and, and provided all the expertise uh, to convert to organic. So uh, we got them certified. Uh, we had our own team of uh, people that would do all of the um, compost we put out, plant cover crops, even help them harvest it. Uh, and then we would charge a marketing fee uh, and that would be it. And so we had, it made it very easy for them uh, to turn organic. We were the largest fresh fruit supplier of organic citrus on the East Coast. And that was really our specialty. Uh, so at one point I wanted to see Uncle Matt's be the sun-kissed and also simultaneously the Tropicana uh, of organic, right? And, and we had a great thing going until Greenies showed up. We took, packed most everything fresh fruit and got a high return. Uh, the, the ugly, the second fruit that was culled out, uh, that went to the juice plant and we made it into juice because it was too big or too small or it had too many blemishes on it. Uh, so it was the perfect business plan. We had plenty of uh, investor money to back us uh, to expand and, and purchase more land and convert more growers. And then greening showed up <laughs> uh, and changed that whole plan. But we now have great partners in Texas and Mexico in California. We'll eventually find a cure in Florida. Uh, and I think we will either replant or, or transition other conventional growers to organic. Um, and you know, we're in the long game. It, it's not something that has to happen overnight. Um, we're 24 years in and if I do it another 24, fantastic. Uh, that would please me because then I don't have to learn any other trade. <laughs> I love your strategy. That's a pretty rare strategy. Uh, differentiate by just uh, being more patient and waiting your competitors out until they leave the business. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, we did have better quality. Uh, but yes, we, we eventually got to the point where it was really tough. Supply and organic, consistently great supply and organic, mm -hmm. uh, is hard. Mm -hmm. And so we did a really good job of that. Uh, in between there, Organic Valley also got in. You know the other largest dairy nationwide and so we became mm -hmm. like the fourth brand that was on the shelf mm -hmm. but we continued to chip away and chip away and um, at the end of the day um, they all got out of the business because they just you know citrus screening um, took over we had a better strategy to be able to uh, handle the adversity um, and the better quality so um, you know that was our story Mm -hmm. And you chose to become a certified B Corp. Why did you do that and what does that mean to you? Yeah, so B Corp, you know, their kind of, uh, their mantra is, you know, people, planet, and profits, right? And, and having, uh, care about the, your employees, care about the environment, um, and care about more than just your shareholders. Also, just kind of the stakeholders, more people. Like, from our standpoint, Uncle Matt's, we already were there. Uh, we had always we'd flirted with B Corp for a long time because of our environmental stewardship with organic farming. Um, all of our employees now are stockholders in Uncle Matt's, um, so mm. we treat them. We want them to be owners as well. Um, so if I'm not here, they're all you know uh, acting like owners, and they have a, a share of the game, which is great. And then from a community standpoint. Uh, we've always been active in our community and giving back to the community. We plant 
uh, organic gardens uh, for schools locally. We have a, a mm. program we call the R2 Cents campaign where we give back a portion each quarter to a local charity that our employees choose. Uh, some good uh, ideas of those, like the Special Hearts Farm is coming up. Um, they have, uh, a, you know, help for the disabled, uh, people with Down syndrome. We've given the 1% better, that was the Chris Nickich, he was our first one. He was the first guy with Down syndrome that uh, completed an Ironman triathlon. And so mm. you know, he's about inclusion, his 1% better of helping people with disabilities like that be able to participate in sports. Uh, other places like a gift for music, you know, after school music programs for underserved communities, uh, music helps with education and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, we kind of already had that within our DNA, uh, sort of the golden rule, um, treat others the way you'd like to be treated, as the Bible says. And, you know, B Corp has some of those similar traits, uh, and it just made a, a natural progression for us and a lot of our customers um, kind of it resonates with them. Fantastic, fantastic, and congratulations on all the great work you're doing all around. Not just, you know, your product and organic, but all the related activities. It's just fantastic. It's been very rewarding, well beyond just growing organic citrus. Um, you know, and that's the mm. fun thing about a business. Um, you have so much more success than just the bottom line. Uh, there's other things that are so much more rewarding uh, when you're actively giving back and employees feel engaged. Uh, and you have the right culture and people are on mission with you, uh, really trying to, you know, climb the mountain. And, and for us, it's about organic acreage and conversion. It really, it's in our DNA and our mission um, is to educate uh, farmers and consumers about the benefits of an organic lifestyle. Uh, if you walked into my house and looked into my pantry, you know, I would say 95% of what's in there has got the organic seal on it. Uh, and the other 5% has organic ingredients listed um, on the package. So, I mean, we live it as well. Mm, fantastic. So what can, you, uh, what can you share with our listeners about what's next for Uncle Matt's Organic? Well, we continue to um, innovate. We like to be some of the first people in different categories. We've recently uh, expanded outside of just the refrigerated juice case. We've got into the aseptic kids juice boxes. Uh, I'm a father of two kids. My daughters are 11 and 14 and so I've watched them grow up and part of my motivation daily is you know protecting the next generation. Uh, we like to say we're you know growing a healthy generation uh, with our organic products and so we in the aseptic juice box were the first ones to do a, a no sugar added lemonades. We lightly sweeten them with stevia. Um, we boost them with acerola, vitamin C, uh, and zinc. And so, you know, that's nice. It's a different part of the store for us that's innovative and on trend. And then also we just launched a, a super fruit punch, uh, another one that's no sugar added, lightly botanically sweetened with stevia. Um, it has uh, you know, 40 calories per serving. It's uh, boosted with the acerola cherry for vitamin C and antioxidants has things like blueberries, elderberry, uh, dark sweet cherry, and it's just delicious dark purple. Uh, those are kind of the innovative things we're trying to do. Just bring nutrition, health, and wellness uh, to parts of the beverage space to be better for you uh, and also be on trend and functional what consumers are looking for. Fantastic. So 
you've got a lot to be proud of, Matt. A lot of a uh, lot of successes and interesting things you've done. A lot of good. Is there? Can, I'm going to ask it anyway. Any one thing you're particularly proud of? Well, I got to say it goes back to really our mission um, of educating consumers uh, and farmers about the benefits of an organic lifestyle. We've stayed true to that. Uh, we're still, you know, all we do is organic. Uh, it's all I, I believe and I really still believe. Uh, if my grandfather was here today, he, he and I would be high-fiving. Uh, that, hey, uh, that initial conversation he and I had about, you know, a better way to farm and what I saw the sparkle in his eye about, hey, this is how we should go back to farming because it builds a healthier soil, it builds a healthier tree, and that's what long-term we want uh, to do. And in farming, he saw that, uh, you know, back in the 40s and 50s when they farmed organic and they didn't call it organic. And we stayed true to that, uh, and we continue to convert people in acreage and more customers know about it. So I think I'm the most proud of that. That's fantastic. So um, what, um, if you look at our listeners and you were to give them advice, we know organic is a big trend and it's, you know, we see fads in CPG. I don't think organic is a fad. I think this is a Mm long-term secular trend. So a lot of our listeners are probably scratching their heads and saying, how do I, how do I get into the CPG business with an angle with organic? Any particular Mm -hmm. advice that you'd give them, Matt? Yeah, I mean, the best thing you could do is walk the store. Go out to your, wherever you shop, walk through there and say, you know, as an organic customer, uh, what do you need that's not offered? You know, what is there that the customer do demand? I don't recommend being a Me Too product. You know, don't be the next organic salsa. Don't be the next, you know, organic olive oil. You know, unless you really feel you have a new variety uh, uh, of tomato or a new variety of olive that is far better in quality. Um, but walk the store, uh, go online, you know, look on Amazon, what's selling, what do you think is actually popular, but you need um, something that uh, can differentiate yourself in the marketplace uh, because business is hard enough. You don't want to be uh, you know, seen as just the third or fourth you know, organic orange juice brand out there, just as an example. Uh, that's a long, hard road. I'm not saying you can't succeed because we have had success, uh, but I wouldn't choose that right out of the gate. Uh, it's something that's a me too. Be unique, uh, be authentic, um, and make sure you have enough of whatever you're going to do. You have a good partner that you can produce it with, and you have enough supply that's good, high quality that you can scale with. Mm. So. Matt, before we go into wrap-up, is there anything else you'd like to share about, uh, about your business and your products? You know, um, I hope if you haven't heard of us, please go try it. Go to our website. You know, our website has a store locator on it. You can just type your zip code in and it'll tell you what it is nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, email us. We'll send you some coupons to help you with that first initial purchase. And we'll send you two coupons, one for you, and if you like it, then give it to a friend. Uh, that's the best way to you know, help us. Uh, you know, it's all about velocity on the shelf. We're competing against the big guys that are a lot less expensive than us. So that real estate is prime, and we have to show that we can continue to turn. And if we can chip away at those big guys uh, with our quality, uh, all of that, every little bit helps. 
and we'll continue to um, you know help our mission so just uh, just uh, type into your search engine uncle matt's organic check out the website go to the store yeah. finder are there are there any uh, particularly common uh, national retail chains that uh, folks will be immediately familiar with where you're, you're on the shelf? Yeah, absolutely. So nationwide, we're Kroger. Nationwide, mm -hmm. we're in Whole Foods. We're in Sprouts. Uh, we're in all public stores. Um, we're in a decent amount of Safeway Albertsons. We're in some Walmarts. And then if you can't find us nearby, you can always order us online. We do have some stuff uh, direct on our website you can order or find us on Amazon. Terrific. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for being on our show today. Matt McLean, uh, founder and CEO of Uncle Matt's Organic. We really appreciate you sharing your experience with our listeners. Yeah, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, love to talk with you anytime. Thanks for listening to C2C, where we cover innovation in the food and CPG business from conception to consumption. Just type the letters C-T-O-C, no spaces, to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, and Google Play.